you need to have an energetic and spiritual practice if you want things to change. Mm. You know, if you want to feel more connected, if you want your intuition to get better, if you want to be more connected to your guides and understand the messages that are coming through and how to figure out your path. Welcome to the Healing Corner with Emily Tennyson. Here, Emily talks about how the power of nutrition, detoxification, spirituality, and tuning into our body's intelligence can help knock us back into emotional, physical, and spiritual alignment. Now, here's your host, Emily Tennyson. Hello, thanks so much for tuning in today as we discuss energy bodies and energy healing, as well as energetic discernment and protection with today's guest, Marissa Cecilia, certified energy healer, meditation guide, and artist. Marissa attracts clients from all over the world with her popular one-on-one energy healing sessions, where she uses what she's currently calling Gold Ray Gemstone Harmonics. This incredible energy is able to clear traumas in the light body through the multidimensional layers. And from her personal and professional experience, she's witnessed the release of deep-rooted trauma and blocks on all layers of the energy body that need attention, but may be too difficult to put into words. I'd like to personally note here that as someone who has participated in talk therapy for almost a decade, and I've put in a lot of effort in releasing mental and emotional patterns that no longer serve me, a recent opportunity to do an energy healing session with Marissa has taken things to the next level. It's like I've been beating some pretty dirty rugs in my house, and I've gotten a lot of that dirt off on my own. But my session with Marissa was like a little vacuum that sucked up the rest of the things that were ready to come off stuff I couldn't reach myself. And I now feel so much lighter. I'm truly astounded. This episode goes into so much of what she's capable of. And I offer this personal experience to you if you feel that you have also invested a lot of effort in cleaning up your own internal home and you're curious about taking things to the next level. Marissa has also created free guided meditations that you can find on the Insight Timer app that have over 10,000 downloads in just a year after posting them. I found that they are a wonderful way to tune back in with myself in a short amount of time. I've been following Marissa and her work for years, and I truly could not be more excited to speak with her today. Marissa, welcome to The Healing Corner. Hi, how are you? (laughs) I'm doing great. I'm doing great because just before this recording, I did your grounding meditation on the Insight Timer app, which I will link in the show notes below. Yes, which you recently alluded to. And I had no idea. And I thought I would try it out. And I did. And it was fantastic for anyone out there looking for a meditation that's quick. It's 10 minutes long. And it's a very soothing voice, Marissa, our guest. (laughs) And it's free. So thank you so much for putting that out into the world. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I did. So I found you in the fall of 2019, which literally feels like a decade ago. I know. I, at the time I was, I had just left a really high level, exciting job in strategic marketing and product design that no longer felt aligned. I was determined to start my own copywriting business. So I'm at home building the website for it, doing all the things. And I went to publish it and I was overcome with fear, like paralyzed by fear and doubt and all these things that really surprised me. I consider myself to be very resourceful, very smart, very capable. And here I am stuck in this uh, feeling. And so I'm sitting at home like sad one day and I came across something I've mentioned before on the podcast, a service called TB Magnetic. And for anyone unfamiliar, 
It's a series of online workshops for uncovering hidden blocks in your subconscious that may be in the way of achieving what you want. So I thought, oh, this is perfect. It's beautifully designed. It's reasonably priced. I'll link it below for anyone that wants to hear it. So long story short, I started listening to their podcast called Expanded. And in September of 2019, they had just published an episode with one of your clients named Mm -hmm. Jocelyn. It's episode 60. I'll link it. And I'm walking around one day listening to it. And at the very end of this episode, which is two and a half hours long. So someone's got to be really dedicated, right? To listen. (laughs) (laughs) She wanted, she interjected with a host, Lacey Phillips and said, Oh, I want to mention two quick things that like have really helped me in this work. And one of them is this woman named Marissa, and she runs this business called Winged Woman. She is a, an energy healer, and she's really helped me re- remove energetic blocks. And it's incredible. I mean, she mentions you for maybe 90 seconds or two minutes <laughs> or something. Not long. Not long. And you mentioned like since the moment that episode was published, your calendar has been booked out for months and to the point where you're not really accepting new bookings right now. No. Still. Still. So (laughs) clearly you're aligned in the profession that you're in now. You have talents (laughs) that you possess in this area. You know, besides that, what do you attribute this phenomenon to? Like people rushing in to see you like this? Yeah, I think, you know, from listening to that episode and kind of my experience with other clients, you know, these women are really seeking change in their life, you know, whether it's a big career change like you went through or issues with relationships and they're coming against these blocks and their old patterns that need shifting. And, you know, they're trying to do this like manifestation practice and they realize they have no idea how to clear blocks. They don't know what to do next. They just are trying to manifest, trying to manifest and it's not working. And, you know, so what, so much of what's going on is really, like a lot of unresolved trauma that's beneath it all, um, usually from people's childhoods. And so when you really start to dig into it, there's some really painful stuff, I think, underneath it all. And that's why I think so many women just came in rushing to see me because they really just desperately need to release this trauma. Mm -hmm. Have you enjoyed this new influx of clients? Yeah, I've loved it. It's, um, It's been a lot of fun and just so interesting, especially since I do distance work only now. I've been able to work with people all over the world, um, which has been just really amazing to hear everyone's stories and really see how like similar um, people's patterns are and their trauma and the pain. It's kind of like unbelievable what people have endured and just you start to feel so much compassion because these people, like so many people have gone through so much and they've just in, endured so much. And then they're just really resilient and how far they've come. And, you know, and now they're at this point where they just can't take it anymore. And that's when they come see me. So it's really, truly amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and brings me a lot of joy to talk to so many women, just like from all over, especially like all over the country. It's just really cool. So I like yeah. it a lot. What are some of the patterns that you notice like from people in the US to people in different countries? Like are there certain feelings and traumas that keep or that have kept coming up over and over that you notice as a continuation across the board? Yeah, there are a ton of like root chakra 
patterns that are very, very common. Um, usually abandonment issues is probably like the number one I see and like betrayal, rejection are big ones. And then just so much like solar plexus unworthiness stuff going on, not feeling good enough. It was just a ton of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah. And then I'm just like really always <laughs> just so shocked at how much some women have gone through, um, in terms of their traumas. It's just like to hear it is astounding. So wow. it's, um, so yeah, so there's just like a lot of that stuff across the board and it's not regional at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's shared experience across the collective. Yeah. yeah, across the collective. Uh, yeah. Everyone's got something like that. So I'm so excited to dive deeply into this with you. Before we do that, I want to just set a quick foundation for this work that you're doing. So Marissa has an incredible free ebook that I'll link below that explains energy and energetic cords in detail for anyone that's wanting to dive in. Um, for right now, for this purpose, will you just briefly explain the energy body and the, and the centers, and then we can get into mm-hmm. the exciting work that you're doing now? Okay, sure. So energy healing is the transfer of a higher dimensional energy to a client through their energy body and their chakras. So chakras are energy centers or vortices that run along the spine and bring energy into the body through the meridians. And so um, there are also a lot of small chakras that go throughout the body, but there's seven main ones that most people know and you've probably seen, you know, in pictures. And then there are also off-body chakras below and above um, the root and the crown. Mm-hmm. And so then energetic cords are like wisps of energy that connect from one person to another. Usually one person is either thinking or having feelings about someone or something, and that connects to the other person and it can attach and it can stay attached for quite some time. So let's say you're falling in love with someone and you may constantly be like thinking about them and feeling about them and connecting into their heart space and they're connecting into yours. So there's like all these like cords and energy moving back and forth. And what happens is those get stronger and stronger over time because you're sort of continuously running energy through them. Um, and it's sort of where that like phrase tugging on your heartstrings actually comes from. You know, there's some truth to it. There are strings there that are getting tugged when you're like pulling and feeling on yeah. each other. Yeah. So um, yeah, there's like actually someone pulling on you. So that's kind of the, the gist of yeah. energy work. I I loved reading in your ebook this one section that's like about the heart where you're like, yeah, it's like when you're dating, you know, and you're out at a bar at a party and people are literally <laughs> quote, like fishing, right? For each other. Uh-huh. So if someone's like opening up their aura to you, you can either accept that energy or kind of reject it. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's a perfect metaphor for <laughs> like what's happening. And I love the tugging of the heartstrings as well. Yeah, there's so many really funny, interesting stories about cords because, yeah, I mean, you have to you have to allow the person's energy in, so there it's not, you know, it's a two way thing. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's such a lesson for empathic people. Like for myself, I notice like, gosh, I don't have to accept everybody's stuff, which is a huge revelation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And also how much you send out, and you know 
who you're sending it out to and, and why. And that's kind of like, I think the big thing I try to teach is like paying attention to what you're doing with your energy. You know, are you, what are you letting in one? And then two, where are you sending it? Because everywhere you send it, you're giving your power away or you're, um, you know, allowing a transfer of energy. So you're kind of like losing some of yourself by that. So when you, Mm -hmm. did you ever do the um, exercise at the end where you call all your cords back? Um, That can bring a lot of your own energy back into your body. And people usually feel like a pretty big, like you start to be like, oh, wow, I've really been sending out a lot of energy from this one space, usually the solar plexus. Yes. You're talking about the end of the ebook. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have done that. And I find it interesting. Like I was kind of worried, like, oh, I'm not doing this right, you know, but it is literally just practicing and learning to visualize yourself doing it. And so I've been committed to doing this ever since you and I chatted last week, which we can get into in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it becomes easier to imagine yourself as uh, a body and someone that's put out energy into imagine like those strings or the cords and then bringing them back to you. I was, I was worried because I was like, I don't know who I've like given my energy to, you know? So I'm just kind of like in the dark blindly, like pulling things back to me. Yeah. Um, it's all you have to do. It's yeah. the intention mm-hmm. because we're, we are splayed <laughs> all over the place. Right. So like pull it back, you know, right. Right. Places you've been, you know, people you've just sometimes maybe briefly met or had an altercation with, like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. your your energy can be kind of everywhere, but it's usually mostly with like family, friends and partners. Right. Right. And you mentioned too, like it could be a city, like the place you grew up in or even a pet. Yes. Uh Which is fascinating. I've seen the the pet one. I have like such a funny story about that where I was working with someone and Generally, if people um, cord you in the crown chakra at the top of your head, it means there's like an ownership piece to it. So like your dad, usually men, I would find like dads in the the top of someone's crown. Like that's my kid, you know? So, and then partners can cord in the crown too. Like she's mine, like don't have her, you know? And then um, I was working and helping with someone clear cords and their dog was attached in her crown which meant the dog thought it was it's human <laughs> like you're mine <laughs> i own you so a little bit of a flip of <laughs> you know that's like a, it's like surprising then also not surprising at all yeah exactly yeah. but i was like oh yeah your dog's in your crown so <laughs> you need to pull your energy back from that small small yeah creature. and she wasn't surprised at all she was like yeah that i imagine cats are that way as well they seem to be more like the kind of bossy type of animal at least my childhood cat i find this so fascinating marissa i recently read a passage from a book called the body of health the new science of intuition medicine for energy and balance it's by a woman named francesca mccartney and it really interested me. She says, quote, disease in the physical, emotional, or mental body is often preceded by a disturbance in the auric energy. Or if it originates within the physical body, it registers in the aura at the same time, or often before it even manifests in a person person's conscious mind or physical body. I mean, to me, this is like mind blowing. Like, do you find this to be true? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's exactly how it works. Um, things will typically start out 
in like as a disturbance in the outer field. So if you think of the physical is the last stop really in terms of like the dimensional energy of who we are. So, you know, if it's showing up in the physical body, it's most likely something you've been dealing with for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just somewhere possibly in the background, right? Subconscious or mental body or emotional body. Um, and so what happens is in those higher dimensional levels of like, so it goes up, you know, emotional, astral, mental body, spirit, and there's like spiritual bodies, something can happen, let's say in the mental layer, and then it keeps, it's like a pattern creates, and then it repeats itself and it sort of forms something in that mental layer. What happens over time is if you keep thinking that thought, or it's sort of always there running in the background, it becomes denser over time. So that's how energy works. Uh It goes from the higher dimensions, it goes and steps down from layer to layer and then eventually hits the physical. So if there is a disturbance, that disturbance will manifest in the physical body. So there's a, <clears throat> there's some books and other authors out there that also will talk about like emotional disturbances and how they manifest in disease. Um, Louise Hay is one of the biggest ones that does it. But so for example, a lot of times <clears throat> uh, heart attacks have a lot to do with um, repressed anger um breast cancer is uh can be like a sadness or a grief or even like an anger beneath it so that's how it manifests in women so things like that and Mm so most of what shows up physically is coming from somewhere else and then we like, like we sort of are we have like a template (laughs) on the higher levels so you can find stuff in these higher levels and see that oh yeah there's something here Mm -hmm. um and like another way to think about it is like um like if you think of like a record like a record player and a record is playing smoothly and then like the needle hits like a little blip and so it starts to skip Mm. and then over time it keeps skipping and skipping and then starts to collect dust and then that dust gets bigger and bigger that's sort of like it collecting a mass, right? And that could be like cancer, a tumor, something, you know? So it's like something that starts as a disturbance and then it, you know, like that keeps happening and happening. It creates this ripple in the energy field and then it turns into something dense and physical mm-hmm. and has like a correlating organ uh, with it. So, um, and in terms of like clients, I, I've not really like seen necessarily the disturbances. So it's kind of, kind of hard to know, like, Oh, I just saved you from this thing, but (laughs) I'll tell, (laughs) but I'll tell people like, you know, if you keep sort of playing this in your head over and over, like I sort of explain what happens and they're like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Like I really do need to start shifting this stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm helping them with that, you know, so I don't know exactly what is being avoided but i know from like research and what i've seen other healers like write about that if you keep on this path this is what's going to happen you yeah. know and you don't want to make yourself sick right because um, that's that's usually what it is is as a manifestation a physical manifestation of something happening in another layer so insane i've heard something along the same lines of this for the last decade and it's like the most basic information right like what you thought what you think about like 
becomes your life. And I recently saw it as like this woman, um, Dr. Melissa Sell, she's a German new medicine practitioner. I love her on Instagram so much. She's so thought provoking, but she, she posted something that was like, what you complain about in your life is what manifests as your life. And I thought to myself, Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. And I never had considered like, Oh, you can literally choose your thoughts every day. Just like you pick out an outfit. It's like learning to disassociate right from your thoughts. So when I'm, I now catch myself doing it. Like when I want to complain or get frustrated about something, I like stop, I pause and I just have to like, it feels, I shouldn't say it feels like work. I want to say it feels like a shift to go from complaining to choosing a different perspective. I mean, it's literally yeah. that simple and that's only well, resonating it, now with me. Yeah. yeah. Well, it feels like work at first. Cause it's like you, you you're retraining and rewiring your brain to do something different that mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's been doing for so long. You don't even know it. And yeah. um, I've heard that quote or phrase before myself too. And I think sometimes it just takes like the right framing for it to really like click in your head and be like, yeah, because people be like, Oh, what you manifest is what you think. And you're like, okay. But they're like not telling you, you also manifest the reverse. Yeah. You know, the good thoughts and the bad things. So both. And that's why like you choose your thoughts. You have like that. And that's why I say too, like the hardest stuff and like is the stuff in between the sessions. Yeah. Because you have to learn how to control your thoughts. That's why meditation helps. It helps you pay attention. Journaling helps. It helps you like look at, mm-hmm. you know, what is coming out of my head every day. Right. Um, and the same thing with your emotions. You can choose to feel a different emotion if you want. And you can learn how to do it. Like mm-hmm. if you think of like a lot of people do this, like you find like really cute pictures of puppies and kittens or something, you know? And you just like, it makes you happy. Like I immediately, I start smiling, right? And I'm laughing because I, like, they're so cute. That will shift you immediately, mm-hmm. right? So like learn to find things that help you get out of the gutter, right? right. And like, oh, if I'm going to end up in a depressed place, like, because like, like, you know, we're all going through a lot of tough stuff. Mm-hmm. So find, find the things that help lift you to a higher emotion. Pay attention to your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Start to take responsibility and control of what's going on. Because mm-hmm. you create your reality and that's the truth of it. It's insane. And it's hard to, and it's hard to kind of sometimes wrap your head around. Yeah. I love that because it's two different things. Like I love the idea of like purposely um, putting something in your path that will make you feel some of those emotions. Like I, I'm remembering the author, Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote Eat, Pray, Love and a bunch of other books. And she taught mm-hmm. on her social media a couple years ago, she posted something that she calls, quote, an art trap. Like she basically sets out a trap of like materials for her to play with, um, like in her kitchen. So like when she's mm-hmm. coming through, um, she sometimes will sit down and like make something really quick, you know? It's like, how can I trap myself in a happy emotion almost? Like, I'll put some pictures out. Like, I love that idea. Also, mm-hmm. I want to say, like, <laughs> you're not just trying to bypass the bad feelings. It's you've got to be integrating and being willing to look at that stuff because it feels so good 
sometimes to complain and to be frustrated and to fall into that like victim consciousness of like, Oh, life is happening to me and it's so terrible and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. It's like being willing to look at that stuff to understand where it's coming from, to do some healing work around that. But then instead of getting caught up in that, it's like moving into like, okay, I'm working on that stuff, but also like I am purposely intentionally feeling these feelings of happiness, of joy, focusing my attention on positivity. So it's like you're working together to integrate <laughs> into like a higher version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That's funny. I like that. I actually have my whole desk is an art trap. <laughs> I purposely work at my, like my art station so that it's like right here. So I don't have to like take things out, you know, right. it's like, Oh, when you're inspired, I just go and then whatever. And then totally. I, have, I have a picture of a puppy butt, right? <laughs> so great. Like my sister, my sister gave me the card and she's like, you put that on your wall. I'm like, it's the cutest thing ever. Obviously it's going right there. So I can, yes. like, you know, it just makes me smile. Oh, why not? I mean, there should be more of that. I am already seeing an opportunity right now to flood my own space with that kind of stuff. Like to be intentional is to be smart about how you want to live. Like that's your life (laughs) every day, looking at a puppy butt and feeling the joy. (laughs) Yeah. Manifesting my puppy butt. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Okay. So we've laid the kind of foundation for energy. And then will you describe the work that you're doing specifically? I know you've been in this industry for eight years and it's evolved over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My, the energy systems that I've worked with have shifted and changed as I've shifted and changed. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people, especially from that podcast uh, knew that I was doing stuff around Atlantis energy. I do, you know, a lot with like the rainbow spectrum and, I've changed so much in like the past year, two years, I haven't even really been able to keep up with it and, you know, updating my site. And so, which was coming now that I've been kind of like, you know, putting words to it. So um, what I'm doing now, I'm calling, you know, gold ray gemstone harmonics, which is sort of a working title, but (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it right now. Um, but as all my clients know who work with me, I change so much. They're like, it's probably just going to change in a month anyways, because I always have something new. But it's exactly. um, this energy is able to correct ancestral trauma in the DNA and other traumas in the light body through the multidimensional layers. And it's with a blend of gold ray and etheric gemstone vibrational energy. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. It's pretty profound. I mean, I, I it's think it's, <laughs> yeah, you know, what's interesting is for me personally, getting into some of this work, I thought Reiki was kind of it. And after speaking with you a little bit, I realized Reiki is literally like the entry point into energy healing yeah. for so many people. Yeah. And this is. feels like kind of a quantum leap or two beyond that. Mm-hmm. I, I was so excited when I reached out to you because first you agreed to come on, but secondly, you offered, you were very generous in offering a free energy session so I could experience what you're doing, um, which was so sweet because I know you're fully booked. So I know you're squeezing me in. So thank you. And this was, this was a week ago. Yeah. Thanks. Mm -hmm. And 
we talked about some root chakra stuff for me specifically some feelings around what you mentioned, right? Like some abandonment stuff, some betrayal stuff in childhood, some things that I really hadn't really been able to put words to until we were chatting. And so we did a session together. And at the end of it, you had mentioned that my root chakra was kind of blasted with some, uh, with the energy of a ruby, which is one of the gems, gemstone energies that that you work with. Mm-hmm. Can you expand a little bit on on that work and those energies for anyone interested? Yeah. So yeah, the ruby is definitely the power blaster. Um, I've been finding it clears a lot of the negative energy or denser energies often, um, and is often used on the root chakra or the lower fields. Mm-hmm. And um, but they don't always line up with the chakras, maybe the way you think in terms of color, it's not like Ruby goes red and, you know, citrine goes <laughs> solar plexus or right. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I had, and I had a client see obsidian come out while I was working on her heart, which was really interesting. And that obsidian sort of dissolves emotional blocks and traumas and tends to be more of like a protective energy. And that, and so what we found is, you know, the gemstone that was needed for that particular chakra for what that client needed is the one that came through. It's not necessarily like the emerald chakra comes, I mean, the emerald comes out for the heart chakra just because it's green. Mm-hmm. So they, um, they do sort of switch around and, and sort of just line up with the intention that's being set and what needs to be worked on. And mm-hmm. um, so some of like the other ones, there's opal, which is tends to be very soothing um, someone described it as like being bathed in moonlight, which is really nice. Um, and then there's like this citrine orange one that I worked with somebody and it was so cool because I I'm feeling it too. And it like, it literally felt like sunshine and oranges. Like I was starting to like crave oranges. I was just like, Oh man, that was just such a, like, like they described it as like being really nourishing. And it, it, I think it was doing something with like the DNA and then it was just very bright and sunny. So they all tend to have like the property, they're bringing through the properties of the gemstones and certain crystals. Um, and then those are what's being used uh, on the chakra or on the pattern or whatever it needs work. So in this work that you've been doing for eight years, at what point did gemstone energy sort of enter your field of awareness or start coming through you? I'm sure it was a, <laughs> something that you didn't plan for. No. <laughs> and that's what's really like I've found fascinating um, is as a healer, you know, you think in the beginning that you have to do like all these modalities necessarily and like just rack them up. <laughs> but I didn't really do that. I, I did try Reiki. I didn't like it. It didn't feel right for me. And that's when I moved into the art, the Kahuna arch work. Um, and I found the more I did work and was working with other healers and clearing myself, new energies started to come through because you know, you're raising your vibration. And so you're able to access higher levels and higher dimensions. And in the past two years, I've done significant work. I mean, I had the time, there was a pandemic, so it was a little easier. And I really decided too. you know, a lot of people were sort of trying to figure out what am I going to do with this time? And I sort of changed, you know, my schedule and dedicated, you know, at least like an hour a day or more on working on myself or clear myself and really got some, you know, 
big, big clearings, big wake up calls, really shifts and changes. And I started to find new, like these new energies coming through. And I was working with a heal, one of my healer friends that I work with on a weekly basis. And she was the one that saw it. And she was like, um, I'm starting to see some sort of like crystals or gemstones or something while you're working. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? And as I was working more colors started coming through in different ways and people would see the gemstones and then another teacher healer of mine was the one that kind of pulled it together for me and coined kind of what was happening. And she's like, you're bringing through like etheric gemstones, you know, they're in you and that's the energy that you're passing uh, onto people. Um, so these like new gifts come through as you work and the more you clear yourself, um, and the, you know, more dedicated you really are to the work. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it was, it's actually been pretty recent. It's been with in less than the past year. Like it all sort of happened, I think started coming through last summer. So okay. yeah, it's pretty new. Pretty awesome. I will say <clears throat> when you and I worked together and you did the scan on my higher body, I'll just talk about my experience a little bit because it was really yeah. profound and something I hadn't experienced before. You had mentioned that my higher self had pointed to my throat, which is interesting because this is also an area that has been worked on in the past or my higher heart area. And then you also mentioned that I turned around to show you my back and that you saw what looked like wings or like light refraction, basically in the shape of wings. And that sometimes that can be an indication of like angelic energy or fairy energy or starseed energy terms, you know, I had heard of, but not really like looked into and I was so excited, but I'm like, I don't, I don't know what the heck that is. Um, it's like clearly perhaps now is the time to bring that into my own awareness, but like, I don't yeah. know what to do that. And for, you know, afterwards I'm like Googling star scene. I'm like, what does this mean? So uh, I just find it fascinating that you're able to kind of see this information come in and it's up to the client kind of to figure out what that is for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been newer the way that I scan, I haven't always been able to scan um, and see things necessarily. I tended to, in the beginning, just sort of work with based on kind of what the person would tell me and what I was intuiting. And then I would, I was more sensory. Like I would feel stuff more as I was working. Like I can feel the way the chakras are. Um, But I learned also, I think a couple of years ago in the beginning of the pandemic, maybe I learned better ways of, um, scanning energy bodies and how to use your intu- intuition, which a lot of us like already have a lot of this information or ways of doing it. We just don't even really realize it. And, um, and so I just practice that more. Um, and so I've been doing it a little bit more recently trying to, and then what I noticed was <laughs> the person was the one actually pointing stuff out. And that was kind of new where <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny because they'd be like, here, look at this work on this area and work on this area. And I wouldn't necessarily know why. And then until we started talking, the person would be like, Oh yeah, this happened. And I'm like, what? Oh, wow. That's crazy. Like, I think I told you (laughs) someone was like, I, someone was covering their ears. Like they didn't want to hear something. And I'm like, why are they covering their ears? Like, that's such a weird thing. And so I just told her and she was like, Oh my God, Marissa. (laughs) She was like, I've been trying to not hear something. My husband's been like going to say all week. Like I've been like really worried he's going to say something. And so she's like, I've been kind of like blocking my ears. 
And I was like, that's crazy. So stuff like that happens a lot, which is really fun. And then, yeah, the, um, and I do have a lot of clients currently that have wings. Um, and I don't, you know, I think we attract like attracts like, you know, and I get a lot of clients that have similar stuff where they feel resonant with what I talk about because I've been through it. So you tend to sort of attract people who mm-hmm. um, have similar things that go on and they're like, oh, they get it. And then also have wings, <laughs> you know, like it goes along yeah. with my name. Right. And, That's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I've been seeing those and it's hard to tell you know, for me exactly, whether it is starseed, I do tend to think it most likely is, but it can be other things. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I just think I, it's great. It's, I think it's always more interesting and more fun when the person goes in and starts to use their intuition really feels into it. Like mm-hmm. I'm giving you that little tidbit, but I've had a lot of teachers do that with me. And it's like, no, you know, already. Yeah, You know, you just have to really like tune in and feel it. And when I do that, it'd be like, hey, I do know, I already know. And I yeah. can tell, <laughs> you know, like there's just so many things I've been like, just tell me. And they're like, you already know. I'm like, oh, I do already mm-hmm. know. <laughs> so, you know, I'm sure one of those things that I said to you, and as you looked it up, one of them maybe probably dinged a little bit more than the other one. Mm-hmm. To be fair, I haven't looked at like the angelic or fairy energy. I spent a lot of time diving down a deep rabbit hole of what a star seed is. And some of <laughs> yeah. it resonates, you know, like there's a lot of bloggers out there that talk about it. And there's a lot of qualities like you, I mean, I can't think of any right now, but um, that you're, you know, one example is like, you're really empathic. Well, that's a lot of the population, right? There's a lot of yeah. things that seem easily transferable to people, but there's other like weird things like, Oh, you've never really felt at home on earth or you've never mm-hmm. super interested in astrology and into quantum physics and energy stuff, which, you know, totally checks out. So there are some things that I, I sent to one of my girlfriends that was like, I think you're one too. Maybe we're both this, you know? And so <laughs> yeah. it's just, you know, whatever it is, it's fun to just think about further. I was going to ask, are how much of your time that you're dedicating each day, you know, an hour to yourself each day, has either anchored you into this work or facilitated a rapid kind of acceleration into your gifts? Yeah, no, it's hugely important. And so many people come to me and they, you know, they they want all of these things. And I'm like, okay, so what's your current spiritual practice? Um, nothing. Are you meditating? I've done it. You know, like, so I try to be like, you need to have an energetic and spiritual practice if you want things to change. Mm. You know, if you want to feel more connected, if you want your intuition to get better, if you want to be more connected to your guides and understand the messages that are coming through and how to figure out your path, like ignoring all of this stuff isn't going to help. So you, you need to find quiet time. Meditating is probably the best tool and why I offer free meditations on my site. I talk about it all the time and you can start with five minutes a day. You don't even need to do that much. Five minutes a day will start to make you notice a difference of wanting to do a half an hour, you know, to build up to that. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and then there's like, you know, all the different tools and weight. There's so many things you can do. You know, you can just listen to meditations. You can do them. You can do visualizations and mm-hmm. as part of your manifestation, the discernment stuff and like tuning into your own energy. 
Um, journaling is probably the other big one because when you free write, that sort of just allows messages to come through your channel um, and, you know, get all of it out. And then you start to see the patterns because mm. I think people are often just like thinking so much that they don't pay attention. So I too also will say in between session, if you don't want to journal, take notes and just like write stuff down because people won't realize how much this like one negative thought keeps coming up until I'm like, write it down the first time you remember it and then see how much you, you do it. <clears throat> totally. Things like that. So, so much of it is tuning in and, and just starting to pay attention to yourself and what's going on. One thing I've really noticed that's come into my awareness is how much I judge that process for myself. I think about what it's supposed to look like and that's where I get hung up. So when you mentioned you should journal after your session that we had, I thought to myself, I cringe at the thought of me doing it like free writing, like the, you know, just pouring my heart on, onto a page. And then I was reminded of a colleague that I love, um, an old colleague who struggled with the same thing. And she said, I started just doing bullet points in my journal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is what I'm going to do. So yeah. I started notes, just little, anything. just little <laughs> words that come to mind. Right. And so it was super helpful to, reframe journaling from what I imagine it should be to what actually works for me and learning to sit with that, you know, learning, practicing, embodying that for me. It's so helpful to to do. And for, you know, another thing I'm thinking of is just meditating. It's like, oh, I've taken a meditation course like 10 years ago. I know logically this is something good for me. I feel so much resistance to doing it and having a guided meditation, like your grounding meditation, or you had sent me a 12 dimensional, like protection meditation, which I've been doing, which is super helpful. And they're quick. It's not, it's guided. And it's so nice to have some guidance, you know, when you're starting out because it can feel awkward and uncomfortable and sitting Mm -hmm. with your thoughts is like not something that a lot of people, you know, myself included, really want to do on a daily basis. And so it can project, it can yeah. get you in the right mode anyway. So yeah, yeah, those tools are super helpful. And I also did an Epsom salt bath you recommended afterwards, which was really mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. I noticed it the next day feeling so lighthearted. Like I literally felt high, not like a marijuana <laughs> high, but like I was like soaring. <laughs> like it was, it mm-hmm. was insane actually, because I told my husband, I felt like nothing could bother me and really nothing bothered me that day at all. Yeah. That's probably a lot to do with the cords coming off of you. Mm. Usually when like, especially after a first session, I think people have such a big shift because when all of that cording is off of you, all of that, like other people's energy, like just think of like all the ick and like nagging or arguing or like things from fights parents think of your mother and father like all over you like Mm -hmm. all of that comes off like it's like all these clouds and dust and cobwebs and so when I clear that people are like and then I'm like that's you that's what's left (laughs) yeah it was I mean no one else it was incredible Marissa I was like I cannot remember ever feeling this good really truly and I've been doing talk therapy for a long time I kind of dabble in other healing modalities. And this, our session together, it was two days afterwards. 
when I had like committed to doing like these grounded meditation or excuse me, the protection meditation and journaling and whatever that morning, when I woke up two days later, we had a day in my family where it was pretty spontaneous. Like we went, we left town and we did like an art class with my son. And then in the afternoon we went to a music show. So we were like around a lot of people, like strangers, we were in the world. And, um, I was like game for everything. Usually I'm like very rigid. I was like, yeah, let's do that. You know? And my husband, <laughs> we were like dancing in the car and normally like after, you know, 30 seconds, I'm like, okay, when is this going to be over instead of just enjoying the moment, you know? And I was, I love, it was so much fun. My son was like, what is going on with mom? It was because I think I was, you know, really enjoying the moment in a way that I haven't accessed yeah. in, a, in a long time. That's great. Yeah. (laughs) So Marissa, so you've been doing this for eight years. Um, Before that, previously, before becoming an in-demand energy healer, you mentioned you'd been working a stressful job in marketing and you had also experienced some traumatic events in in your personal life. Will you talk a little bit about your past and what has led you to your current career? Yeah. So yeah, I worked in advertising and marketing prior to this and was really getting burned out pretty bad. Um, I was just having a really hard time with some of the people I worked with, the job, just a lot of stress around it. And then at that time, um, you know, and just really feeling like it was kind of like soul sucking. Like, I, you know, my, my inner self like really was just like, something's wrong. This is not it. And then um, at that time, my father was sick and he passed away. And that was really the big turning point for me. Um, I became very aware of the life I was leading and what imprint or lack of imprint I was having on people. And I felt that I needed to do something much more meaningful for work. And so that also, you know, was, you know, with him passing was kind of like a big spiritual, you know, discovery process, like truly trying to understand death, understand what happens after all of that, like really finding what I believed in and finding what I connected to. Um, And then in processing my grief, I started working with an energy healer and she really helped me sort of navigate onto this new path. So I started going to health coaching school um, you know, I worked with some, I worked with some other healers I worked with a shaman. <laughs> I quit my job, moved across the country to Portland, Oregon. And then out there is where I did training and became an energy healer. And, um, and I knew I wanted to do energy work just because it had the biggest impact on me and on my healing at that time, created the biggest shifts in like like the fastest. It was just like unbelievable what was clearing. And I had been working with a therapist for years, like a couple of years dealing with my dad's, you know, prior to my dad's passing and after. And um, it was just so fascinating to me how, how much was like clearing and lifting and moving once I started doing the energy work. And I was just so fascinated by it. And like one of those things where I just wanted, like I, I think you and I talked about this, like you're just gobbling up the info and you just want to know more and more and more. Um, And so I just really like, it just spoke to me. It just felt right. Um, And 
too, I think, and I've had a lot of people also experience this, and maybe you have too, is like when you do talk therapy, there just comes a point when you're like, I can't talk about this anymore. Or like, we're talking, but nothing's changing. Yeah. And, and that's what I really also love about energy work is like, there's some, it works on levels when like, you don't have to tell me, like, I've had people have such traumatic stuff that they're like, I can't tell you. And I'm like, that's okay. Just give me like one sentence that you can handle, like whatever it is, like something about it, but you don't have to tell me the story. Yeah. And that's what I really kind of loved about it is I can still provide healing without having to get into like all of it. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then when I was out in Portland a few years ago, I went through another, another traumatic experience, um, was in a, you know, an accident, broke my back, had to move back to Boston to be near family and to go through PT just with like tons of therapy, um, like physical like therapy. A, physical therapy, all sorts of physical types of therapy, um, energetic therapies, every, like pretty much everything. Um, and it's been a really long, painful, ongoing still journey. Um, but it has been kind of like the second wave of awakening for me where my work has significantly expanded with a lot more tools, a lot higher vibrational energy coming through. So, um, you know, it's been really tough, but there has been some, you know, sparks of light that have kind of come through it. Um, but yeah, it's been quite the like winding path up to this point. Yeah. So you've evolved, you were saying you were, you've, your gifts have increased your, your ability to do this work has, um, become even stronger. You, had mentioned that you've experienced some of like the darker sides of energy that aren't really talked about too much. And this is so intriguing to me. I feel like people, myself included, right? When I hear about an energy healer like you or like anybody really like shamans, you know, people that are advertising themselves as healers, I don't think too much about credentials. I don't think about what training have they had, what protection practices are they employing? Because I think I just don't have language for that. I don't, I'm not really in that world. So I don't know Mm -hmm. what I don't know. And so, you know, you like to remind people that like, you know, what's out there is not always bliss and angels. So (laughs) will you talk to us about, you know, any personal experiences you're willing to share here about experiencing that darker side of energy and, you know, what we all need to know about discernment and protecting ourselves? Yeah. Definitely. Um, it's just such an important topic. And, you know, as I mentioned, like, it's just really not talked about very much. Um, and yeah, doing energy work is not all flowing light and playing with rainbows, even though that part of it is quite fun. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, when you really get down to it, what we're doing is clearing the, the muck and the dark stuff so the client can feel lighter and more aligned. So obviously there has to be some dark stuff involved. It's just not the part people mention um, as they're, you know, promoting their business or whatever they're doing because people don't like talking about it. Um, And I just, you know, I find there tends to be this like glorification of energy healing, you know, especially like on Instagram and, you know, people playing these parts of like spiritual goddess or something 
um, which never really feels very realistic to me when I see that. And, you know, and I'm constantly hearing and having clients say, you know, I want to connect with guides and my spirits and angels, or I want to be clairvoyant, or I want to be able to hear. And I totally understand that. Like I've been there too. Um, But you you kind of have to be careful what you ask for uh, because, you know, what you can connect with is not always here to help you. So, you know, the longer you work in energy work, you start to, um, you know, potentially experience some of the stuff. So me personally, I have experienced uh, no other healers who have or, or clients who've experienced things like dark entities, possessions, interdimensional beings, imposter spirits, implants, like all sorts of stuff. Um, And a lot of these things are really looking for light to attach to. So we are just like these like, like emanating really powerful multidimensional light beings. Nobody really realizes that they're like, Oh, I'm just this physical person. And there's sort of a spiritual aspect to me. Right. But you know, you are just like this really big light and there are things out there that don't have light, but they need it to kind of survive. So they, that's what we sort of attract, you know, Mm -hmm. or things are kind of looking for. And if you're not Mm -hmm. careful that, you know, you can kind of get attachments in that way. Um, So, you know, I think it's just really important for more people to kind of like understand this. And especially people, I think, starting out on a spiritual path, um, or just starting to do this type of work or get interested in it. And, and, and even for like new healers, um, you know, there's like a lot of modalities out there that train you. Like, you know, there's like Reiki for a weekend and they're like, okay, go off, start working. And they're not giving you all the tools. They're not talking about everything. There's not like a, a big basis of this is how energy works. This is what's going on. This is all the, I mean, there's so much information. I mean, I, have been like continuously studying this stuff for eight years. And I feel like I am like finally like just getting underneath the surface of it. Yeah. And you really need to like constantly be learning and training if you, if you want to, you know, be a, you know, more solid healer. Um, and, you know, just being careful with what you want to connect in with. Just like I said, you know, you have to learn how to protect yourself and how you are going to protect your clients if you're going to do the work. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's really important to learn that stuff. Yeah. May I ask, do you ever come across some of that stuff with your clients when you're working with them? Do you come across dark mm-hmm. energies that you're able to clear? And would you be willing to share maybe an example? Um, yeah, there have been, there, I mean, I think my awareness of it now I'm starting to realize like more and more what is potentially there. Um, I have had, I mean, everyone is, it's one of these things too, where it's like, it's not just a few people that have this, like a lot of people have this stuff. It's, it's, it's so much more common. And I just think the words are pretty scary, mm-hmm. but um, you know, a dark entity can still be some small thing, but it's kind of like stuck in one of your fields. Right. And so like, just as I'm clearing that stuff is getting like moved out. Mm -hmm. Um, I tend to like try and work with now as this stuff is coming up more and more, I really try to work with someone's guides 
and have their guides and teams really help transfer that stuff out. So I'm kind of, I am flowing the light and I'm aware of some of it, but I'm not the one necessarily like moving it. Mm. Um, but there have been like, I know there's been like implants. There was something, you know, I'm trying to think. I mentioned, I remember there, you mentioning I had one in my like, I had something. Yeah. I think that's what you were pointing to. And your guides were the ones that actually removed it, but I was flowing the light to it and helping that whole area shift. So, um, yeah, those can, I mean, that can be anything. So it's really hard. It could be something like from past lives. Like I've had healers a long time ago be like, Oh, you have this weird thing. It's from Egyptian times. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) you know, and you're just like, all right, take it out. Like, I don't, Yeah. and it's just like, that's what we don't understand. There's so many layers to us and, we are, you know, we're connected to our higher self and all these other aspects of ourself and these other, you know, past lives. So all of this stuff, it's just so much more complicated than anybody really realizes. Um, and so it's, I mean, I think it can just get hard to wrap your head around, but I think it's important to be like, okay, there, there's stuff out there and you should kind of (laughs) Mm -hmm. be, be aware, you know, that it's a possibility that, you could come in contact with it. So Marissa, will you dive into what we all should know or need to know about discernment and protecting ourselves? Yes. um, So discernment, you know, is really about perceiving the truth about something, whether it's a person um, or the space around you, um, using your insight to see, you know, deception of some sort. And we're perceiving and discerning all of the time with all of our senses, right? Trying to figure out if someone's maybe lying to you or intuiting the way your friend or somebody feels, um, even though they might not be saying something to you. And then this really expands, you know, to a person maybe trying to court you or, you know, a dark energy or entity potentially that could be around you, um, larger systems or controlling groups of people or anything with like a negative agenda. So it's like, there's a lot to really discern. Um, And some of it we do very naturally, but there's a lot that I don't think we're like always like paying attention to. Um, And I think, you know, like just as we were talking before, there's a lot of negative forces out there that people aren't aware of. And there's just so many layers to our reality that you have to kind of really start to discern, you know, and like we were saying with your spiritual practice, like put some effort in, pay attention, pay attention to yourself and start paying attention to what's going on around you. So I try to teach my clients energetic and spiritual discernment by learning to feel their own energy fields. Um, And so tuning in, taking that time to tune into your field, tuning into your energy and your body, what feels right to you, tuning into your higher self and being, and then starting to be more skeptical of the things that are around you. Um, And I think you just said this too, like we tend to be very trusting of everything like we just sort of go along and just be like okay it's safe here um but you know and it's kind of like um if we can't see it then it's not there and that's really the opposite way (laughs) you should be thinking because the majority of this reality we can't see Mm -hmm. and that's what i think is really hard for people to wrap their heads around Mm -hmm. um in this universe very small portion of it that is physical as we are seeing it. So, um, you know, so I think like tuning into your own energy and your body is, you know, figuring out what's right for you to consume 
whether that's like food, whether you're consuming media, listening to what actions to take, if there's something around you that isn't resonating, whether it's a person or a space, paying attention to what people are saying. You know, we do this all the time, but like really like taking note um, because you can pick up a person's energy right away and you know whether they're, what kind of mood they're in maybe, or you can tell like your partner's lying, right? Um, so start to do that and practice with people on TV. Uh, people, you know, listening onto the radio, is this music really make me feel good? Like, how do I feel before and after this TV show? Um, you know, so looking into that and then expanding it to maybe your home. How does your home feel? Is one room feel better than the other? Then start to practice when you go into stores and businesses and other people's homes. What does that feel like? Mm -hmm. Things that we don't pay attention, but a lot of us sometimes know in the background, but like when you start to take note, you're like, oh, this feels different than this. Oh, this, you know, and you, and then you sort of have like a baseline that you can work from. Um, and then really learning from there, you know, like how to protect your energy, yourself, your home, your surroundings. Um, there are a ton of tools and types of energy you can use to call in. You don't have to be an energy healer to do this. You don't have to pay to do a modality. You know, there's a lot of people teaching this stuff. There's a lot of resources. Like I sent you a couple, um, to, to try and to practice. Um, and it's just like learning to bring this higher vibrational in around you and you keeping your vibration up. You know, everyone talks about being high vibe and it's like not necessarily to be cool. It's really like that higher vibration keeps a lot of like, keeps angry people away from you, keeps all this like dark stuff around, you know, we attract, you know, if you're coming from the heart and you're always in a loving space, you're going to meet more people who are coming from the heart. If you're always angry or you're always low or depressed, that's kind of like the experience you're going to have. Right. So um, I just think, you know, as you start to realize all of these things that could be potentially around you, protection is so important and just learning and getting tools to do that. And, you know, I was curious too. I think you, you briefly mentioned that you practiced, you know, the shielding mm -hmm. and how, to, how that worked for you. And you noticed, I think you said you noticed the difference I did. I'll, I'll link the free resources below. One of them is a 12 dimensional shield protective shield that Marissa had sent me. It's a YouTube video. It's very short. I think it's about 10 minutes or maybe less. Maybe it's guided. Mm -hmm. I was smiling when I did it the first time because it feels really galactic. And for, you know, I consider myself to be kind of in the space now because I'm I have guests that are in this space and for somebody that's never really thought about this, it might feel a little strange. And what I would offer to anybody is to sit with it and to just go through the motions. Even if you find yourself judging the experience to just do it. And I've committed to it for a week. I mentioned to you before this recording that I had forgotten to do it yesterday and I noticed a big difference. The, the difference that stood out to me was that I felt so triggered yesterday. And I don't know if that has anything to do with me not spending a few moments in the beginning of the day to do that. But the days that I did do it, I felt like it was this precious little treasure that I could carry around with me all day because I had done it. I had spent a couple minutes in the morning visualizing myself um, being bathed in this field of light. And I invite you to 
to do it because it's fascinating. And after it's over, I, I just remind myself throughout the day, especially when I'm feeling weird about somebody or I start to notice my behaviors more. That was another big difference. I noticed when I was trying to cord into somebody or when I was betraying myself or when I like small betrayals, right? Like saying yes, when I meant no, or maybe telling someone too much information about a private subject or like, you know, any, anything like that, noticing when that happens or when I notice that someone's really trying to cord into me, someone's really invading my energetic space or I start to feel drained around them, then I imagine that shield. And I found that to be helpful. And it sounds even, I notice myself judging the experience sometimes where I'm just like, it feels cheesy, but like, it was really helpful. And the day that I didn't do it, I regretted it. Mm -hmm. So do you, is this something that you do every day? Like what are your protective rituals each day that you commit to? Oh, I have a bunch. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I, I do use that. I use it around my home. Um, I use it around myself. Sometimes I actually double shield when I go out. Um, I have, there's another shield that my teacher has taught me. So I use that. Um, and so, yeah, like I said, I just have become a lot more disciplined in the way I work on myself every day, you know, always trying to dedicate some time to that, uh, whether it's like just pulling down energy and then I usually shield and then I work on myself. So mm-hmm. I have a lot of, you know, healing to do on, you know, the physical and things like that and my nervous system. So I'm, I'm constantly doing that type of work, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I do. I sometimes do multiple just cause it's kind of crazy out there right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and you I... can like shield your car too, as before you go out, you can shield everything. So by shielding, it's instead of maybe protecting our bodies, it would be imagining like your car in place of yourself or your house mm-hmm. or... Okay. Yeah, the same exercise you do, you just do it bigger and around the whole space. So just mm-hmm. I think doing it around your home would be really good. Trying it, you could try it in one room and see if that room always feels clearer to you. Yeah, you know what? It's interesting you mentioned this. There's one room in our house that actually our five year old sleeps in. And recently, I had mentioned to a friend who came over that it felt off. That you just and she walked in. She's like, it feels kind of sad in here. I'm like, that's totally it. It feels sad. And so we, <laughs> you're gonna laugh, but like we, I, I had started. I had learned about uh, an entity clearing exercise about like cutting onions and putting cloves in them and then like leaving it in the room for 24 hours. And I didn't know we had friends coming over and like the kids were going to be playing in my son's room. So I had to like run up there and like put the onions in a bag and like take them outside and open the window. And it was really silly, (laughs) but you know, I do notice, right. Those subtle Mm -hmm. energetic shifts. And I wonder if it has anything to do with my son wanting to constantly sleep in our room now. And so, you know, there's something to that. So I, I hadn't thought about, how to deal Mm -hmm. with that until this conversation, maybe it's starting to, you know, work on that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot out there, other things other than onions. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were going to laugh because I'm like, I don't know. I'm like pulling, I'm like grasping at straws. Like, what can I do? No, Hey, you know, (laughs) I don't, I do think that stuff can work for certain things. I don't know exactly which, because I've never tried it, but there's like Epsom salt. You have that, you that helps clear a room. If you put it in a bowl or you put it in water and keep it near the area, it um, absorbs 
the, that's why I say tell people to take those baths because it clears off all the other stuff that maybe was loosened up. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I used to do space clearings too, which was one of my favorite things. Really? Um, it was because I used to, like, I used to just go into um, offices. There was this one wellness center that I worked on and there was all these different offices for all different types of healing modalities, which was like fascinating because like every single room felt differently. And I loved it because I would go in and I would, I would like leave notes for the people to be like, this is what I worked on. But the one thing, and this is like good for anyone who's a healer of any type or a therapist, um, your furniture and where your clients are, they're absorbing the stuff you're clearing mm. or um, especially talk therapists. So like this one, the woman that led the wellness center, she was a therapist. She goes, this couch just feels sad. And I was like, oh yeah, this couch is super sad. <laughs> like it is depressed. And <laughs> I went in and I had to clear the couch and I did like all this stuff, you know, I just really gave it a lot of clearing. Cause I mean, you think about there are like potentially five people a day crying on this couch and they're pouring all of their emotion. Like that stuff is going somewhere and it's going into that couch. And so I cleared it and she wrote me and she was like, oh my God, it feels so different in here. Like every time I would work on the place, people would come in, they could tell that I had cut. They're like, did she come in and clear? Like they could feel a difference in the whole space. And I even did that to uh, when I came back to Boston, I, I started to become so much more sensitive and I went to go, like it was more like a social visit to see my therapist because I loved her so much. We were like um, pretty close. And I was like, um... <laughs> Oh, this room feels awful. <laughs> she was like, what? And I was like, just because I was so sensitive at that point. And I was like, yeah, there's like a layer of like dense energy from the floor, like up to like the middle of the room. I'm like, it's just so heavy in here. I was like, can I just do a clearing for you? And she was like, sure. So I went back like the next day and cleared it. And I was like, had her come in after and I was like, how's it feel? And she was like, oh my God, it's so different. Like, it's amazing. I love space clearings. They're the greatest. So if you have anyone near you, it's worth it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, what do I even look for? Um, energy healer, space, heal, space clearings. All right. That's my Google search. Google that. Yeah. Usually there's some, I mean, there's always somebody around that can do it. I know some people know that do it. You know, it's interesting. The family that lived here before us has been here, was here for 27 years. And I know that they went, they had two kids and they went through a divorce. And so there was like some stuff probably that happened, right? Arguments, mm -hmm. sadness in this house. Yep. And so I wonder what that room was being used for. Also, what's interesting, mm. the last thing I'll say about this room is like, it has a slanted ceiling, right? Mm -hmm. And so we don't, we, we haven't put his bed under there because I was reading like, energy kind of just would be super heavy, like falling on him. But there's a hole in the floor and they must have kept money down there or something. We found it. <laughs> we should have just carpeted oh over thing. So there's this like <laughs> cutout of these hardwood floors, right? There is a space for something. You, you couldn't fit a person in there, but like the other day my son ran to it and like pulled it open and he had put like a baby doll in there. And I was, you know, I was like, this is a horrific image, right? <laughs> this whole thing. <laughs> And so, you know, I just wonder about that kind of stuff. I'm like, what the hell, you know, what, what were they keeping in here? Um, yep. 
anyway. So yeah, I, no, I think um, our objects and homes, they hold our energy. And so like if a family has been living in a house or a space for a long time, you know, that all of that consciousness becomes sort of like one. Yeah. Um, and the home is part of that family. And, and so the walls and the rooms hold the energy of that person. Yeah. Um, and so there, there can be sort of like this, like affinity for the family or, or the child or whatever, or, you know, but if there's a lot of like arguing and anger and distress, you know, that is held in the walls too. So, you know, I've told people to go around and, um, you know, you clear, you can clear the rooms with some different things like the Epsom salt, you can use sage or Palo Santo, other, uh, other types of stuff. And then um, putting your hand on each wall and like talking to the house and being like, we are your new family or, you know, this is who we are. And, you know, sort of really creating like a bond with the house and thinking of it more as like an energetic part of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then seeing how that feels. People, it's so weird. I mean, I remember the first time someone told me to do it and I was like, what? You want me to put my hands on the wall? Like, <laughs> I was like, are you kidding? But then like I went around and did it and I sort of felt like, a oh, oh, okay. Yeah, this is my home. And there's a connection there, you know? And so I love that. You can try that. <laughs> cool. Okay. So some Epsom salt. We do do like sage and everything. I had read somewhere like, yeah, sage and then Palo Santo, like you mentioned. So we can, we can do that. And thinking, I mean, man, when we moved in here a few years ago, like we, I should have thought about this, like having someone come in, you know, before we moved all our stuff in and yeah, whatever. But the last thing, last question I have on this topic. So, uh, you know, my husband and I will sometimes go to like consignment stores and, you know, I can appreciate people that like really like old things. And my husband's one of these people, he finds like really fun old artifacts and objects for the house. What would you say about that? Because I imagine we're bringing that in right to our home and (laughs) having to like deal with that energy. Is that something that like you recommend or is it like, oh yeah, you can do that, but you should probably clear it as well. Yeah. The latter, you should definitely clear it because um, like I said, the object will hold the energy of the person. So especially something that is treasured or like, you know, an engagement ring or or any sort of ring or necklace like this particular necklace, like I've worn for a very long time and I know it holds a lot of my energy. So I've had like other healers feel it and they can be like, Oh yeah, this is you. Right. So, um, Mm. and then like, I remember like my father's, I have one of my father's rings and, um, I was like checking to see if I needed to clear anything on it. And the woman felt a ton of his energy kind of come through it and sort of like different parts of him, which is really cool. And so, yeah, anything that comes to you that's from someone else is going to hold the energy of that person. Um, Mm -hmm whether good or bad and you don't know. And so like, if it's probably best to have it cleared or learn how to clear it or do something to it just, and, and you can also too like ask it to sort of detach. Um, Interesting. And things like that. What would you recommend to someone like me? Who's like, Oh, I'd love to learn how to do this myself with just objects in my house or 
<clears throat> with certain areas. What would you recommend to someone that wants to learn how to do that? Um, there's a number of ways to do it. And I think you kind of have to feel, and this is also like where intuition comes in, where like what's working the best. Um, so sometimes you can put things like in Epsom salt, or you can put them in the salt water, um, and clear them. I think like asking for the energy to be cleared is big. You can hold them, um, and learn to sort of call different types of energy down. So you could call like the violet flame down and ask it to clear this object. So things like that, there's a, you know, stuff like that that's online and that sort of sort of way of doing it. But mm -hmm. I think the intention is a big piece of it. And then mm -hmm. sort of intuiting sort of, how does this feel? How does this feel when I hold it and when I use it, you know, mm -hmm. that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Just like so many of us research a new doctor or like schools or teachers for our kids or a new therapist, you know, which is like half the battle, like just finding someone that you connect with. What questions do you wish like new clients would ask you prior to booking a session with them? Yeah, um, this is like a really interesting thing because, you know, I encourage everyone to take responsibility for their body and their healing and with that, you should be questioning anyone that's working on you or with you, you know, because um, it's a, it can be a really intimate process um, and you're, you know, really putting a lot into that person. And I personally, like, you know, I appreciate so many people that like resonate with me and want to work with me, but so much of that comes from just like looking at my website or hearing that podcast, like and not really knowing me. And I'm just really surprised. I'm always just so surprised at how few questions people have for me. So I would say if like you're about to work with someone, whether it's a healer or, you know, anyone within these type of healing modalities, really ask them about their style of work, um, the process that they take you through, maybe in a session or as they work with you, um, you know, how does that all work? What does it look like? Um, ask about their training you know, if there's various modalities, if it's just one, what they're really good at, is there something that they specialize in? Is there something that they won't do? Is there any type of stuff that they don't like doing? Um, ask about how they protect the space um, that they work in. How do they keep it clear? How do they keep themselves clear? Have they had to deal with any darker stuff, um, darker energies? And what do they do if that comes up? You know, like, how do you manage that? Like, and then I think just ultimately get really curious about the healer. You know, don't, you're not like, don't give all your power away to someone in the sake of healing. It, it is, it's you that does the healing in between the sessions. You know, I'm just opening the pathway for you to do that and for the energy to come through so you can really embody more of yourself. But, you know, it's a really intimate relationship as it goes. And I think, you know, I value those relationships with the clients and how they evolve. And there's just so much like trust between them, us, but I think everyone should probably, you know, in the beginning be a little bit more like 
who are you? <laughs> what do you do? Yeah, you know, prove, prove to me I, that you're going to be a good fit for me. Right. Yeah. Well, cause like I do explain, you know, I think a good deal on my site, but you know, I think it's just something when you hear a person talking about it, you can really get a good feel for them. Um, but yeah, I think most people, a lot of them, their intuition was right. And they were good fits. Like I have had a lot of clients for, you know, six months over a year, like they, they work with me for a long time. So that's mm-hmm. sometimes why the schedule doesn't always <laughs> open up too quickly, but. Right. You know, I asked this question for myself too, as I'm just starting a spiritual practice consistently where I'm sitting with my own energy and calling myself back and practicing, right. Learning how to do that. How do people avoid like feeling addicted to this literally body high that you can feel after an energy healing session and, you know, mitigate feeling like someone's guru, because I'm sure that feels icky where you're like, no, 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 this isn't me. Like you're not supposed to be coming back like every week, right. To work on stuff that like, clearly you're not even investing in. Um, you know, so what would you say to somebody that's, you know, how do people kind of avoid that feeling? Is it literally just working and practicing every day on yourself? And, you know, I imagine you have to set some boundaries before each session or especially with a new client. Yeah. Um, Let's see which part. Well, (laughs) I personally never felt like a guru, (laughs) but I have had people, you know, call me that and treat me that way. And I really like, you know, like you said, set boundaries, remind them that I'm showing them, you know, the way maybe how to like heal or do certain things, but ultimately the healing and change is happening with them. Mm-hmm. And so they're the ones that really have to kind of like take control in between sessions. And there are people who do come to me and they're sort of like, heal me. And I'm like, no, no, you're healing yourself. I'm just sort of opening stuff up and clearing some of the stuff out. I'm not the one thinking the thoughts every day and feeling the emotions. That's where you have to really learn to kind of control and, uh, take responsibility for what you're doing and what you're creating on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. Um, But then in terms of like feeling addicted to those highs, I would say the more you meditate um, and keeping your energy clear, the better you're going to feel on a regular basis. And so that high from the healing won't be such an enormous high. Like you maybe compared to like the first time you have it. Um, because like, as you raise your vibration, you're starting to meet a higher energy. And so it's, you're going to find that like middle ground mm-hmm. is what you're really looking for. Right. So that's kind of the goal is finding that space where you're feeling clear, you're feeling good, but you're also here on earth and you're not like floating away in the clouds. Right. 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 But I also like joke with another healer friend um, that we like, you know, don't, need to do drugs <laughs> because we get high off of our work and off of just like, we'll meditate together and we'll be like, woo, <laughs> that, was, that was a lot. And I, you know, I'll just, I'll, I don't even sometimes it's like too much. And I like, you have to like come back to earth. You're like, you know, it's like hard to function and be around people if you're like floating too much. So yeah, if you've like transcended the physical plane. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It feels really good yeah. though. I mean, I can understand why (laughs) someone would want to do it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, like you experience as you meditate more, you're like, oh yeah, this feels better. Right. And you find like, you find that space where you're like, okay, this is, this is my good every day. 
And I don't even notice it until I don't do it. And I've only been doing it for a week, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's great. It's powerful. Yeah. You know, obviously like your journey, right? Having gone through Reiki and energy healing yourself has led you to your purpose and your career. You know, as someone with a business called The Healing Corner, I'm exploring the concept of healing because it's so powerful and wonderful. However, I feel like I'm now starting to see it as if you are, if I'm in that space all the time, constantly quote, working on something, I'm constantly in progress, like healing, 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 healing. I'm observing that like at some point it feels like a project to work on. I'm feeling like sometimes I fall prey to like kind of the capitalist industry that's like leveraging people who are seeking like self-improvement and like getting better. And that feels so icky. I am now exploring like, okay, how can I continue to do this, but also live enjoy, like have some moments of like happiness and being present and being creative. What are your thoughts on this term? Like this term healing quote unquote. Yeah. I I thought about this a lot, which is happy to, sort of get this question <laughs> a little earlier <laughs> um, or that you mentioned it before that, you know, I find healing is really like this cyclical unwinding of coming back to yourself and it's a process, right? And it can feel like it's going on and on and on it, because it, you know, there's like so much, there's so much to us that we don't really understand that I think, you know, you can kind of keep going and going with it um, and discovering. And I sort of like it as like a discovery, like it's a self discovery of yourself, but you know, you have to take breaks, (laughs) you know, you have to, you sort of have to like do a bunch and then feel how you feel in that space, you know, and ground yourself in the new layer that you're at or new conscious level that you're at or whatever it is. Um, so like, I've never really seen it as like something that like a part of me that doesn't belong or something that doesn't belong. But I, you know, I, I see what you mean by that. And, and I do think there are things that are part of us that, you know, do need releasing that aren't ours. Like there are mm-hmm. patterns that are passed down generationally that you're like, this isn't mine. Why am I dealing with this? You know, I know people, I have people who are grandchildren of um, someone from the Holocaust and they are like, I really feel like this is my grandmother's trauma. And I'm like, this is absolutely not Mm. yours, Mm -hmm. you know? And just like some of the stuff, like when you can start to really look back a couple of generations, you're like, well, is this like, do I have the same stuff that's going on as my mom? You know, are we acting the same way? Am I picking up stuff from them? And we all do. And that's not necessarily yours. So then when that's released, you're like, oh my God, (laughs) like you feel free and you feel, and then like all this new energy and more of you sort of can expand and really come out and flourish and feel creative. So, you know, I do think there are, there are things that don't belong. There's stuff in there that needs to come out, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, especially from like what I've discovered, you know, and what we've talked about. Right. So, but on the same side, I do think there are periods where you have to kind of be like, okay, cool. I'm in a good spot. And that's why I try to tell clients too. Like, I don't want to be doing this on you forever. Like I want you to learn how to manage a lot of yourself. I want to teach you as much as possible. And you go away and then you come back for like 
tune-ups. That right. is the ideal, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, you're like, I'm good. I'm doing all this stuff on myself. And then I come back here and there. Um, and then as for the capitalist industry, <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, they will absolutely. And they do capitalize on anything that is popular um, and connecting with, you know, a lot of people. And I think when that happens, that's when you really need to start using discernment um, on where you are buying things and who you are working with. So getting Palo Santo from Urban Outfitters probably is not the best idea, right? Um, And like spiritual people who start to act like celebrities are the ones to really question the most. I think, you know, if you start to see a lot of ego shining through, um, then they probably aren't coming from the heart. And you can feel that, right? We can tell when someone is just saying stuff, yeah. you know, when you, but you, but again, you have to pay attention, like listen with your, listen with your heart, listen with your, your energy and your body. Don't just listen with your ears. Like, like, that's what I do now. I don't even listen to the words people say. I'm like, oh, wow. That sounds like so hollow. Yeah. And you can feel like, you can feel that it's like, you know, someone in your family is like, love you. you're like there's no love behind that right right? you're just saying it so like use that same discernment in everything around you Mm -hmm. and see what you start to notice and like you and I we talked about last week I was like there's so many people I've unfollowed on Instagram because I'm just like I don't resonate with them I don't know what like there's something about it that isn't right they don't Mm -hmm. really feel like they're coming from the right space so things like that I think it's Mm -hmm. important to kind of clear that space too. It's interesting to notice myself, even spiritual people I followed last year, I either like don't resonate with anymore or have moved on from. And I don't think that's necessarily bad, right? But like, because we Mm -hmm. kind of outgrow things as we continue to evolve. However, I know exactly what you're saying. There's a few people that feel super slick to me, like too slick, you know, and it's like, is this Mm -hmm. my own projection because like their branding is super good or like, um, you know, am I projecting my own followers? (laughs) Right. Like, yeah. And there's like people that are yeah super popular. Right. And I'm, I always, I'm starting to learn how to discern between like my own projections of like feeling either, you know, I don't know, like jealous or sort of like, oh, wow, this feels like too good to be true, Mm -hmm. you know? And gosh, they're really hustling for me to join this group or this monthly women's circle or this, you know, program that they have. And I don't really like that. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's, I'm glad you mentioned this because I was laughing. We were, you and I were texting this week about like the portal, right? That we're recording this on (laughs) February 24th. And I was going to ask you about the, the 222 of 2022 portal and like how that energy was for you. And then you mentioned something that was like, you know, I don't really subscribe to this like huge thing that's happening because um, we can kind of choose, right, to have a portal, right, each day or, you know, like, I'm not sure that this is a portal, you know, like it's, Mm -hmm. yeah, of course, like numerology wise, it's very interesting. And Mm -hmm. also, right. My entire IG grid, like you, like my whole feed was filled with healers offering specials on the portal and like doing all these things. Mm -hmm. I trust that many of those may have been genuine, but I also find it interesting. The parts that maybe aren't 
So I, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, just laughing about it. Cause it's like, oh yeah, as you said, anything that's popular or like at top of mind, um, it's easy to leverage or use mm-hmm. in a way that's not in, 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 uh, integrity. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was funny. I started to see that whole thing pop up and I was like, is it a portal? I don't think it, cause it, I mean, that is a thing and which basically means there's like a significant astrological alignment and therefore stronger energies come through, which is possible. There's typically some bigger ones that happen throughout the year. and Everyone kind of knows about them, but like the funny thing I've noticed for myself and some people have this too, they're like, Oh, there's like this supposedly big, like energetic event, but like, I'll feel the energy like days before. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, or I just right. feel stuff on different times. And so mm-hmm. I think we're all not necessarily, we're not all like in the same lineup. Right. Exactly. You know, we're all connected. We all have different vibrations and different things. So there's going to be some of us that really connect to one thing and some that connect to the other. So it's just, yeah. So yeah. When you start to see like every single person trying to like take advantage of like two, 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 you're like, wait, is this thing like, <laughs> like, and I've noticed like, even in the past, like I would like try and post stuff like that and like leverage it. And I, I would be like, this feels stupid. Like something doesn't feel right. <laughs> and so it's like, when it, when it does resonate with me, I do try now to post about it. And, and I think it's, it does come more from a place of, you know, better place. Cause I'm more invested in it versus something like, Oh, everyone's talking about this. I should probably just throw something out there. Right. Totally discerning between. Yeah. Right. No, you're discerning between what feels genuine for you and your personal expression versus like what you should quote unquote be doing in order to promote your business or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of your business. So in the past two years, one reason I love what you're up to is that you've started creating some really beautiful paintings that are very vibrant and colorful. And some of them incorporate light language I'm curious, when did this start coming through you? And, you know, what are some of the, I guess, when did you begin seeing light language or channeling it? And what kind of messages have you been putting into your artwork? Um, yeah, this was interesting. It was funny because it was a little bit of something I, I think I started to see on Instagram, <laughs> which is kind of funny. And yeah. someone who used, to be a, <laughs> who used to be a client in Portland was like doing some posts around it. And I was like, what? This is so fascinating what she's doing. I didn't, like, I hadn't heard of it. And um, so I was like texting with her about it and we were going back and forth. And I think I was like, I would like, she was someone I would work on like once a year kind of a thing. Like she had, she was good. And, um, and so she offered, she was like, anybody want like a free activation? I'll do a painting for you and, or drawing really. And then whatever. So I was like, okay, I'm, curious I'll bite so we talked about it and then she sent me sort of this like colorful drawing with her interpretation so she gets it very differently than some other other ones I've seen so I have these like pictures and that one was for like my own personal healing and one was for this like activation and so it was really funny so I kind of was like okay that's cool and I would look at them every once in a while and then I kind of like let it go and forgot about it and then I would I love to like meditate like in the sun and like with the light kind of like shining on me and I do like, I've done like little sun meditations and I have one on my site right now. I just did um, because I know that there's like information and energy that comes through from the sun. And I sort of like blossom like a flower when it comes out. I'm like, ah, like feels great. And while I was meditating, I started to see all of these like little squiggles. And I was like, wait, 
oh my God, that looks familiar. <laughs> I've seen this on Instagram. <laughs> and, you know, I had no idea how people were seeing this. I didn't talk to anyone else about it. And it just started like pouring through some of my meditations. And it was like really fascinating. Um, so I just started like drawing some and, you know, practicing. And I was like, I can't get the, like, I couldn't get the shapes like exactly perfect. And so I would just do a bunch of it kind of like free drawing. Right. And I would just go let my arm to sort of do it. And I just got the message that it like the exact symbols weren't always necessarily as important because the energy was coming through the artwork and through what I was doing. So I would get them as close to it as possible. Um, and yeah. And so then I started like doing it more on my artwork and sort of incorporating the two together. And a lot of times it's kind of like maybe what the meditation looked like. So I would do like really colorful drawings or paintings and then put the, put the coating on top. Um, and so the thing is I've not been able to so like the other woman you interviewed, I, I don't know what it is like, translating another language like tra translating french like it's not like that for me um it just sort of comes through and sometimes it's i can sort of feel it or once it's on the painting what happens is like i'll send it to people and they'll either give me kind of like what happens to them because it's already kind of come through me so it's a little difficult to sometimes like tune into it after the fact but people will be like oh this is very like heart chakra or heart opening and then I would post it on Instagram and people would say, oh, I had like my third eye opened with this one. And like people would say different things happened. And, and I've had like a lot of healers look at it and there's just like, there's so much in all of the light language and the codes that like, it can be different for every person. So there's just like, I try to like let people sort of interpret it mm -hmm. and sort of get attracted to the one that really resonates with them because people will like different ones, which is always really fascinating. Who's like, who's drawn to what um, piece? But I have gotten that, like, you can tell sometimes that the um, the language looks different on different paintings. And those are, I've been told, um, different vibrational dimensions. It comes from different levels. So the way it looks is mm -hmm. changes. Yeah. So is, someone's kind of getting whatever they need from the vibration, the codes, and it can look different for everybody. Yeah. 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 And you're, are you offering these on your website, prints or paintings? Yeah, I have um, a bunch of them on my website and some of them I have prints of, and then some of them you can get the originals. So mm -hmm. there's both. They're beautiful. Okay. Uh, I'll link your Thank website you. below. Yeah. And you also have an, uh, an Instagram account that's solely artwork, correct? Yeah. I have a different one that's, yeah. And it's not all spiritual light language. It's like all of the artwork I do and play with and practice. So yeah, there's one that has all of art and then there's the winged woman. Perfect. We'll put that, we'll put that in the show notes as well. As you've progressed and evolved in your own healing journey, as well as your career, I'm always interested in what energy healers like to eat and drink. So I'd love to know what you're intuitively drawn to or you know, adversely like staying away from these days. Yeah. Um, I, well, yeah, I am gluten-free, but that's because of celiac <laughs> and I'm a, a vegetarian, like sometimes pescatarian, but mostly vegetarian. And 
I really actually more tried to get closer to vegan, but that's sometimes a little difficult, but um, yeah, really drawn to as many vegetables as possible. Those are like the, some of the highest vibrational foods you're going to find and help keep your diet clean. Um, not surprising processed foods are really tough on your body, tough on the energy that all that processed sugar is like horrible for you as a old health coach, <laughs> try and eat as many greens as possible. Um, and I don't drink alcohol and I don't do drugs. Uh, and what I tell people is they really negatively affect your energy. Um, they can create rips in your energy fields and that is where dark things can attach or get in. So what happens when you drink alcohol is, you know, that euphoric sort of really big light expanded feeling is your energy field expands really quickly when you drink alcohol. And sometimes it expands so quickly that it tears. Hmm. And so you can get rips. And then what happens too the next day, what, it goes down really densely, right? And you feel like you just want to be like on the couch in a blanket and like you throw your whole system off. Um, and yeah, and it kind of collapses into you and then you can have tears and all this stuff and it just feels awful. So that's like a lot of what's energetically happening when you drink a lot. So I just sort of say, reduce as much as possible, stay away from it if you can. It's not good. Mm. Fascinating. <laughs> Hard to hear. People don't want to hear it, but it's true. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I noticed a difference. I mean, I, I stopped drinking two and a half years ago, but more for my nervous system, just mm. noticing like, I actually don't really enjoy the way I behave or the way I feel when I'm drinking. And, mm. you know, I my husband and I went on like a, an autoimmune protocol diet in the fall of 2019, actually, that required us to not drink. And after it was over, I was like, I feel really good. So I'm just going to like keep this going. And thank goodness yeah. I did. Because when the pandemic hit, I know I would have been like finding yeah. solace or trying to right in like wine or whatever. And oh, yeah. So it was really, I'm grateful for this experience because I was like, oh, I'm just going to keep this going. And it was interesting to have to sit with a lot of these hard feelings and like things that were coming up as the pandemic started and feeling, you know, mm -hmm. isolated, being at home, having a lot of issues come up and being able to notice it. And actually that following, so like the fall, I'm sorry, the winter of 2020, I decided to stop caffeine too, because I noticed I was just so anxious and I was like mm -hmm. not doing myself any favors. Right. And that's not right for everybody, mm -hmm. but like my desire to try that exceeded my desire to have a cup every day. And so I just tried it and I've been off of caffeine too. And I noticed like, man, what a difference, what a difference. Mm -hmm. I mean, it took a few months to, for my nervous system to like really settle down, but like, I don't yeah. regret it. I love the way I feel now, you know, waking up and yeah. Yeah. Good. So, awesome. <laughs> yeah. so what, as you know, as you evolve, continue to evolve in your journey, will you talk to us about what teachings have really inspired you either, you know, over the last decade or what's really currently inspiring you, whether that's books or authors or artists, I'd love to know. Yeah. Um, in the beginning, there was just so much, there were so many books. I had so many things, but one of the ones I loved was um, books by Dolores Cannon. Um, things like the convoluted universe. She is 
fascinating. She's so interesting. She passed on. I was so sad because I wanted to see her in person and she passed on um, year, a few years ago or years ago. And, um, but there's like videos of her up on YouTube and stuff like that. And she talks about, cause she would do um, hypnosis and she would find out really interesting stuff by going into that. And then she just expanded from there. So she's got some really cool stuff. Um, and then one of my favorite books is by Jane Roberts called the Oversoul Seven Trilogy. And so that's for anyone who's curious about souls and oversouls and like soul groups. Ooh, can you, and, can you briefly describe an oversoul? I don't know what that is. Um, so <laughs> it's not brief. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. It doesn't have to be I'll brief. Try, no, I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> so the best way to kind of like think about it is to think of like, um, your soul or like energy is kind of like a, a river of energy coming down and, and it kind of branches off into all these other small like streams, sort of like an ancestral tree, right? Mm -hmm, so you mm -hmm. think of like your ancestors and um, in like one section of that is a grouping. And within that group are all these like aspects of your soul. So there's like, there's a lot on this online that you can find, but basically the top of the soul group is called the oversoul. And then you are sort of like a branch off of that. So it's sort of like the larger grouping that you're connected to. So the larger stream of consciousness. Got it. So it looks, you can kind of imagine it like a family tree, but it's like the same idea. So yeah, it's the book is really explains it in a, in a really good story um, and how things can be happening at the same time. So cool. So it, so it does some stuff around souls, what happens in the afterlife and then simultaneously living at the same time as past lives. Mm. Really, really fascinating. Um, and then other stuff like I've enjoyed, you know, in the past Teal Swan's work, but I like one thing I really recommend from hers is her inner child book called the completion process. I use that a lot. Um, reference that for clients. Um, I do a lot of inner child work, which is very, very powerful work. And hers I think is really great because it combines some of the stuff that like, I think regular maybe psychology uses along with energetic work. So it's a bit of like a, um, what's it called? Um, soul retrieval in yeah. a way. Mm -hmm. So it's a bit of a different way of doing it, but I find it very powerful. And currently um, for anyone who feels connected to being a star seed or anything like that, there are, I recommend um, some people on YouTube. There's Chastity Anne, and then someone, her name is uh, Z Earth Song. And I can give you her link. Um, and she, Z has actually really amazing sound healing chambers that are specifically mm. for star seeds on YouTube and Spotify that I've found immensely helpful. Oh, cool. Can't wait to check those out. Add it to my list of like, what's this all about? <laughs> Things to do. Things to do. Yes. Very cool. Marissa, I'd love to close with some 
testimonials or things that you've witnessed in clients that have been remarkable and that you feel joy and pride around helping to facilitate, whether it's healing physical ailments or emotional things and clearing for people and allowing them to come into themselves more. Yeah, thanks. I would love to share a couple. There's been two that have really stood out um, this past year that I just loved. And one is a woman who uh, was in a car accident about 20 years ago. And she suffered a lot of physical injuries and um, a brain trauma. And so she, it took a long time for her to like come back from physically. And then she, you know, she was out West too and moved back, I think, you know, East and has really struggled with some of the brain trauma stuff and hasn't been able to really fully come back from it. And so she started working with me and we were, we had done a few sessions And I had done a lot of this new gemstone work on her and was just trying some different stuff out, whatever felt, you know, was coming through at the time. And one day she kind of came back to me and was like, Marissa, the first time in over 20 years have I felt like my thoughts come with ease, um, like a clarity of mind that was different, you know? And she's like, mind you, it wasn't like all the time, but, you know, she's like, I noticed changes and you know just being able to think again and not like grasp so hard um for words and things like that and so just like the amount of relief you know watching that for her because it's such like i know you know when you're trying to heal for so long it can be just so painful and exhausting but like what you know, hope that like, it's never really too late to heal the body, like 20 years, that's a long time. A lot of doctors would be like, no, sorry, you're just going to have to deal with it. Right. Like they don't always want to keep working on something. And so, you know, sometimes it's just aligning with the right thing at the right time and you can still heal your body um, much later, you know, even if some time has passed. So that was great. And then, and then someone else, which, you know, was a really, of surprise and delight for me where she <clears throat> had ovarian cancer. Um, so when she came to see me, she had just had an ovary removed. And so we worked on that continuously. And she also did a lot of like work on herself. She was really good about, um, you know, doing her personal work, her emotional work, all of that stuff, doing her homework, I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, and it was just something we just kept working on and we were working on all these other things at the same time. And we did, um, you know, inner child work, all sorts of stuff. And then, um, you know, I had asked her for like a testimonial and I didn't really know. I thought she was just going to talk to me about her anxiety that she had. And she went on to tell me that the ovary had, um, like she was free of cancer in the time like that we had worked together, she, the ovary had grown back. And then months later she got pregnant. Oh my gosh. And that's so incredible. Like, yeah. I was just like, Oh my God. <laughs> like, and she, <laughs> she kind of like was keeping stuff like secret for me. Like she wasn't totally telling me like what was going on. And so I like, it was like such a surprise. And I was just like, Oh my God, that's the best story ever. Oh my God. <laughs> so that was that a really nice, nice one to hear. Yeah. Wow. 
That's really beautiful. Really awesome stuff can happen. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure just like, yeah, go ahead. you You have to do the work, you know, and there's just a lot of layers to it. And, um, but I, you know, it's really possible to like clear out and do have some amazing changes happen. Yeah. I mean, you are already changing lives with the work you're doing, but then that feels so profound to help someone with a, like what seems to be right. Like a physical ailment and the concept that like everything is energy. We're all energy. Like to be able to allow someone to help someone get pregnant is really profound. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Cool. And I didn't even really know she was like trying or anything. Yeah. Exactly. Like I knew it was like on her radar, but I didn't know it was like actively. <laughs> oh, totally. I mean, at that point, like if it were me, I'd be like, I don't even know if this is possible. Like, you know, after yeah. all that. So. Yeah, no, it was definitely a concern, you know, and that was like heartbreaking for her. So yeah, it was really like such a pleasure to be able so to like fun. be part of that process and assisting, you know? Yeah. Right. After that, you're like, okay, my work here is I'm going to take the rest of the day off. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my work well, here is done. Yeah, exactly. Well, Marissa, I know I'm sure so many people listening are going to be really interested in you and poking around your site. What are you currently offering? So I mostly do one-on-one sessions with people um, and occasional classes. Sometimes I offer meditation classes or other stuff, maybe for donation. Um, right now my schedule is full, but I do, you know, always get openings, um, you know, like every few months, like people sort of filter in and out. So I suggest the best thing and way to know about it is signing up for my newsletter. And then like I announce regularly when there's openings and then you just sort of email me from that and get in. <laughs> Love it. And then I do sometimes announce also on Instagram, but usually the newsletter is the first place. Okay. That's where most people are kind of waiting for it. Awesome. And where can we find you? Um, so my website is thewingedwoman.com and my Instagram handle is wingedwoman. And you also have another then, Instagram handle too. What's your art one? Yes. It's MJ Chicha. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, Marissa, thank you so much for coming on. It's been such an honor and a pleasure to chat with you. And thank I know you for having me. Yes, it'll serve so many. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been awesome. <laughs> such a great time talking. Find out more about Marissa in the show notes below. And you can get in touch with me over at healing underscore corner on Instagram or at healingcorner.net. That's it for me today. Thanks so much for tuning in and see you next time.